I'm the founding pastor. I created this mess, I think, so I don't know how to get out of it. But nonetheless, uh, I was just thinking, 37 years ago, that's how old we are, 37 years ago, we were in a rent building up in Raleigh on uh, Austin P. Highway behind where uh, the Social Security office is now. And we were between Weight Watchers and Video Magic. <laughs> there we were. And, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think what idiot in the world would have attempted to done that. But I don't know. God did it and God's good. And that's what our song was about. God is good. And so we are glad to, to be, have you here as we share together the annual report. And uh, I'm glad to welcome you and just have a word of prayer. Father, thank you again for your love and your mercy, your richness, how that uh, as I look at faces now, and be honest, some I don't know, and some I've seen, but just to think, God, you dearly love them, each one in their hearts and minds, and I thank you for this great adventure, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Me? Yeah, I've known him since diapers. <laughs> <laughs> And we know you now in diapers. <laughs> too soon? Too soon? No, no, no. Well, was uh, that a little irreverent there? I, I apologize. So, um, I don't know why they give me the hard job to do right out of the bat, but you know what? We'll, we'll take it. We'll, we all have our gifts and our curses to bear. So anyway, uh, these fine gentlemen are passing out to you a uh, handout. We're also going to put the, the information up on the screen, but as I'm told, um, unless you're on some type of medication, you may not be able to see it all that clearly. Uh, so you'll have, it, you'll have a handout in front of you. Um, and what I will explain to where you are, or to you all, where we are as a church financially, uh, you know, where we were this time a year ago, um, and, and before we do that, I doubt God has been so good to me, that's, that's really a, a extremely good to us, and we're, we're going to get into the details of that, but, uh, but, but well, let's recap where we were last year. Uh, if you were at this meeting last year, we saw, you know, not a, a stellar year, not a, you know, a, a horrible year. Years where that number was a, uh, was a lot bigger, okay, quite frankly. Um, we, we delivered was, we had that, that, those results of operations, but we were last. First and foremost, we didn't have a student pastor at Bartlett, you know. We were, we were running, we didn't Bartlett, um, we also shared with you that, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, church was behind on its commitments to its missionaries. We had committed money to them. To, and not only that, we, we have benefits uh, and insurance reimbursements that well. So while we ran in an okay year, it could have been a lot worse had we, you know, if, if we, we said, hey, it, it, it's not a bad year, but these are the things that we need. God has been incredibly uh, good to our church and in uh, both selflessly sacrificially to our church so I personally because it's through your through your giving um, biblically sacrificing that we're able to do the, to expand ministry to do to be able to invest in in different by your giving we we it makes that possible so if you're looking at the uh, of where we were as a result of our operations and then the bottom schedule is revenues for the fiscal year. And our fiscal year ends August 31st. 
Our revenues for the over half that came from the general offerings from both campuses. So thank you. The, the rest of that uh, primarily comes from our, our end up in those programs and, and obviously to stay competitive in the market. You know, we have we have program would, but it, it, what I wanted to point out to you is the majority of that came from, see on there, down to the expenditures, uh, we've been able to, you know, as best we know much about finances, but if you can increase the money you got coming in and decrease the amount that's going primarily through that, and, and the biggest there is in our payroll and benefits, and as we've shared before, the church. Um, and so a, a decrease there was primarily we got some, we got some help, but, um, but we, we saw the benefits of that, as well as we've been able to consolidate um, to cut down on those costs as well. So, um, so control our expenses. We, we've had a great year financially, so uh, once again. But, but that, thinking about where, what we just talked about where we were last year, um, for those of you that don't know, we have hired a student pastor for Bartlett, and he's here, Micah. Where are you, bud? There he is. Go ahead, stand up, Micah. Be recognized. There you go. So, so Micah is the student pastor, not one of the students. Uh, that's right. We sure did. Yep. Uh, but, but we, um, if, if you remember, it was about two years ago this time uh, when, when Grant left, and, and so we faithfully were searching, and, and we didn't want to, to just jump in and hire the first person that we found, so we've, we faithfully sought and searched, and God brought Micah to our door, so uh, we're happy to report that we've hired him, and, and he's been uh, working as a student pastor in Bartlett since April 1st. And, uh, and we're, if you haven't had a chance to meet him, I encourage you to, to go introduce yourself, talk to him. Um, great man, uh, has done a lot for that student program already, and we're excited to see the future. On our missionary payments, well, I'm, I'm proud to, to say that we have caught up and we are current with our, to our missionaries. So we, we're, we paid all that we were in arrear, and we're current, okay, with all our insurance reimbursements for our, for our pastors and our staff. So once again... <clears throat> So the next question is, is, all right, well, what do we, we had a great financial, and that's a great question. Uh, the first thing, first and foremost, what we, um, as we do with everything, is we're, we're seeking God's guidance and his wisdom and discernment on, on what to do with that. But in the meantime, we, we are committing to investing in our student and children's ministry at both campuses, and we've, we've had meetings with those directors and communicating a plan to give them some vital funds that they need to make their ministry successful, okay? And it's, it's um, we've always had the heart of, we give you with whatever you need, but sometimes you, you just don't have the, the money in the bank to do that. Commit to them and say, you have this allotment of money to, to invest in your, in your ministry. But we're also uh, going to take, you know, some of that excess and line of credit, whatever you want to call it, to help us meet our week-to-week, month. You know, we operate cash in, cash out. And so there's some times where we are cut to, to cover expenses as they do. So, um, so we're going to use that as well. And hopefully I, I, we ask that you pray, you know, for us, that, uh, that God would review um, God has been good to our church this, this fiscal year financially, and I personally thank you for your sacrifice, thank you for your selfless 
giving that makes all of this, this possible. I'm going to hear from Marcus uh, about uh, some plans that we have, some things that we've been talking and to continue to give faithfully just as, you, just as you've done and, and to discernment that we would continue to be the stewards that we need to be of the resources that, that... So with that, I'm done. If you have any questions, I'll be around uh, afterwards and you just come up and grab me. Um, but I would encourage you, find one of your other elders and ask them the question. So thank you much. <clears throat> Thank you, Rhett. I am uh, so grateful to be able to have, I know I speak on behalf of the elders, to have someone like Rhett on our elder body who is a man who is gifted in numbers and accounting uh, because, unfortunately, Randy, when you hired me, you did not hire a financial guru, and it is not my area of expertise, and so uh, pretty much I just glaze over whenever they hand out the the uh, financial reports every every month, and I just kind of like, all right, Red, make this make sense to me because um, this is way too much. But uh, God has been so very faithful and so very good. Now, when we did this last year, one of the things that I wanted to do was to be able to take just a few minutes to try to share with you, the church, um, we eventually, but through different various ministries, being able to bring Micah on as a student pastor, which was really heavy. Try to bounce things off of Randy and the elders about how we as elders can help where we're going. And I want to just give you a really quick illustration that I think may help you. Know I had an opportunity, so thankful for my wife and I, we were able to take a trip to Israel, just a, in Israel, was that our God took us through this rugged mountain road between Jericho, cross up on a mountain, and you walk out, and I mean, this is desert. I mean, you see nothing but desert rocks and massive gorge, and there's little green patches of green all throughout this 5th century monastery that's built into the side of the rock. And, of course, we, never, we didn't go down there. I don't know how you even recognize it at first. But he said, look across the mountain. Look across this gorge. He says, can y'all see what, there's flocks of sheep and flocks of goats. And there's a shepherd. And they're like this big because that's. And our God says, I want to tell you. And he begins to teach us from Psalm 23. As the valley of the shadow of death. The side of a mountain, it's like a 400 foot drop, right? And they're just walking out there like it's nobody's business. And they're out through those mountains down into that gorge. And that spring apparently runs, I think, all the way from Jericho. We're going to drink. He said, that's what David was saying. He says, I will lead you beside this. And he said, I want y'all to catch an illustration, a picture of what David would have been thinking because, and he said, I want you to understand what, what he was saying as a psalmist when he communicated that. And it's solid to be for you. And it's that constant illustration as the sheep and his shepherds, and we're serving you in that capacity. And this is kind of the picture that God placed on my heart. He said, hopefully through week after week, the book of Acts. And the book of Acts, if there's one and a half or something like that, fantastic series. And, and, and what came to our heart was God coming through the people of God as they go and proclaim the gospel. And it's that the great commission in Acts 28, it's open-ended, isn't it? Matter of fact, we'll get to that probably just in a few weeks. And I think Luke did that on purpose because he wanted us to be reminded that what? The great commission that Jesus gave. Now, here's what God laid upon my heart. We have a mission statement here at Christ. To know Christ and make him known. I, I, I want to tell you something. That mission statement never changes. Because our mission stays 
the same. Our mission is to know Christ and make him the great commission. So the great commission of Jesus Christ, it never changes. It remains the same. But here's what does change. We know what we're supposed to do. But here's the big question. How do we get there? If we as elders, if it's our responsibility to teach you, to equip the saints, what's Ephesians chapter 4 say? God has given us pastors and teachers and evangelists and apostles. He's given us this role, this role in the body of Christ to equip who? The saints for the work of the ministry. We're supposed to give you tools. We're supposed to give you equipment. We're supposed to give you guidance and direction so that you carry out the Great Commission. You carry out the work of the ministry, and you know how to do that. And the illustration that God laid on my heart is this. It's almost like a shepherd who's leading his sheep, and he loves his sheep, and he's going to protect, he's going to protect them. He's going to make sure they get fresh water, and they're going to get fed. And a good shepherd is going to take care of his sheep. But if a good shepherd is leading his sheep in circles, where are they going? They're not really going anywhere. They can be doing good things. They can be nourished. They can be cared for. They can be protected. But what God impressed to nourish our sheep but we're also to give them direction. So Jesus Christ, and so we as, as your shepherds, we should be able to stop to look out as laid upon our hearts to go over there. And we, I'm going to tell you what, before we can get over there, which is the, the promised land or wherever we're trying to go, and we've got to go around these mountains, and, and th- these are the obstacles and the potential dangers and things that today more than anything beyond where we've been, I want to give you a little bit of a glimpse and a little bit of others and giving us a little bit of a, uh, the, the wisdom and the direction we need to fulfill the Great Commission. But how are we going to fulfill the Great Commission? And that's where this came. A lot of time on this, but I want to kind of give you the overview, and I hope it gets you excited how we as your elders and, and Randy and I have, have some work to do, some groundwork to do to, to make sure we to be able to help you know how to get where we're calling you to go, how to get where God is calling us. Real simple. The body of Christ. One body. What I want to communicate to you today is that every individual in this church matters. God wants to use who? He wants to use you. David himself, he was just a meager shepherd boy. And what did God say? I've chosen bring before Samuel. He said, that's the one that I've chosen. He's going to be my next king. Esther, or it's David, or it's some of the prophets, or it's people like Peter and John, when they're brought just unlearned, untrained, ordinary men, right? And that's who God chooses to use. He wants to use every day ordinary people, members of the body of crowd, each person, each one. Who does that include? Everybody. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, going back to your individual giftedness, in the body of Christ, and for his glory. But then we're going to get into reaching one. How do we reach the people that are around? We're going to get very practical when we have opportunities to teach our church how areas of how we reach and how we're going to emphasize those to you on a regular basis. So my son and I, I'm not telling you this because I'm, he just, uh, today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Easton. But he, if he said, Dad, hey, why don't we dedicate one day a week to just fast and pray for this, where it starts. That when we, everybody in this room is burdened for somebody else, correct? Just to begin what? Just to begin praying. That's how we reach. This is a big one. 
One of my favorite stories is in the book of Acts when Paul and John are walking through the streets and they see the beggar by the gate beautiful. And he begs people every day. And you know what? When we came from Israel, that's one of the things that you would see. You would see a person completely covered up. They won't even have their face showing. And they're laying on the ground with a cup out in front of them. And their heads are, are on the ground face down. And they won't even look up to see who you are. That would be a regular occurrence that we saw in Israel. That's pretty much what's happening there with the beggar by the gate beautiful. But if you pay attention to that story, what did John and Peter do that was unique to that one beggar? If you don't miss it, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. They looked him in his eyes. After every, everybody may have, people may give him money, people may pass him by and ignore him, but they took the time to stop and to see him as challenge you as a church to stop, to slow down. Aside, let me give you a perfect example. How many times when you go through the checkout line in Kroger do you look at the cashier? I don't want to make eye contact because I'm, God forbid I actually have to what? Talk to somebody. You, are, you, are you following me? See, we can reach people to engage people where they are. And guys, there's endless practical applications. Uh, students, young people today, there are people in your classrooms and in your schools. I don't know. We don't have very many young people in here right now. Kids dying and hurting right now, and they just need somebody to stop and see them and reach out to the applications that we see. And we'll see that all throughout the scriptures. The third one is that we can reach through serving. Zero. All the different possibilities and opportunities we get as God's children to simply without any expectation of anything in return. That's how you read. But if you don't see them and you don't see the need, you're not going to probably stop to serve. You see, without any expectation of return, we're not doing this so Christ church will become a great church. We're doing this because this not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. I got two Do you know one of the great... If, most people who come to attend a church service overnight, that's something that we've simply forgotten to do. Sometimes we forget, guys, that where you have Philip and Nathaniel and Andrew, and they come, Philip, I mean, found. I found the Messiah. And what does Andrew do? He says, come with me. I'm going to bring you to him. What did Andrew do? Simple. He brought somebody to who? To Jesus. And guys, that's one of the ways that we as a church can fulfill the Great Commission by simply inviting people and even going a, a step beyond and bringing people with us to church so that they can sit underneath the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they can feel the love and the fellowship that they should feel in the context of the body of Christ. That's one of the greatest things that we can do. And here's the last one. We can reach others through witnessing. And we want to give you good practical tools and how to share your faith, how to develop your testimony, all of these things. And so we want to try to do this uh, in a very practical way over some time. Uh, I talked to Randy about it. We'll probably start some maybe later this fall. And then all we're asking you to do is to put it into practice. Okay? Not on the board. Okay? But this is simply what Jesus Christ has called each and every one of us. And if we'll be faithful and we'll carry these things out faithfully, prayerfully, fruit, we will begin to see growth. You know, I mean, when we witness the kingdom, seek first the kingdom, but it may also, by, by default, begin to grow our church year. 200 people join our church next year. Here's the question. Who's going to teach them? Commitments 
to reach people, but we, we have an ongoing lifestyle, a essence of discipleship. Okay? Anybody excited about that? For their patience and their wisdom, giving us feedback and making sure we have an opportunity to communicate this to us. Done. This is something that what? It keeps on going. And before you know it, it is just this flourishing work of God that we're investing in disciples. And I'm just excited about what God is preparing for our church for this next year. And so we look forward to sharing more about that with you in the near future. And with that, I'm going to turn. I do want to give. I want all the elders to begin to make their way down here because we're going to all pray together. And and when I'm done, share. Now is your time to do that. So we will pause it. Let me know and I'll hand you the microphone. So anybody have anything on your heart beyond what we've shared already? Make them available afterwards if you have like pointed questions or some more information you'd like to know. You have uh, pertinent and uh, specific questions you'd like to ask, Chris. Yes, I thank you so much for your faithful giving. Um, one, of the, one of the few jobs I have has been a whole lot easier these last couple of years, and I thank you all for that. I wasn't really ready to share much, but I think um, what Marcus said, I guess, as, a, as an elder, as a, as a leader, how do we example, how, how do we weeks? Um, it's scary to try and tell people about Jesus. I, I, I'm a civil engineer, and uh, no, not yet. I'm still waiting for that check. But uh, this year, too, so. To, in a workplace setting, I work for the Corps of Engineers in the government. You're not allowed to talk about God, of course. What he did for me, when they asked me to be an elder, I walked in with a list of things why they shouldn't select me to be half of it, I guess I kept. But, uh, but it was dark. It was exactly, yeah. It was stuff that, that they, but they, they didn't see anything else except to, to pray for me. Just lay down. Just, I've had that opportunity a couple of times where somebody has just been so angry. Really angry person, but I was angry. And, and to feel the Holy Spirit to, to calm that, he was bawling, just crying in front of me. And I didn't know what else to do. And, you know, I'm a supervisor and get fired. But um, it's a tough, it's a tough world to to going to respond. And I think that that is a way this body has done, done that for me. Um, I'm, I want to encourage us to be willing to say the name Jesus, to be willing. The Spirit will help you. And that was all I wanted to say. You go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today, what gave me the courage to say that is last week or two weeks ago, I had to present to my boss's boss at work in a trash can. So I just want you to know. I got you. I got- Even if you're not Rhett Butler, you, you can do it. That was it. Are you did that I ate earlier today, so. Um, if y'all been in my classes, you're probably like, oh gosh, Scott Jones, one thing to say, uh, pray for us. We covet your prayers, and for us to want to do is what's right. That's all we want to do is what God wants us to do. We want to have God's heart. We want that to appreciate it personally and as, a, as an elder body as well. Thank you. Steve, Steve Nance, uh, Tiffany and I are an example of uh, your commitments. You know, years ago, this, we wouldn't have been here. And if it wasn't for your vision, Brother John Port, I want to tell you thank you for that. So 
Obviously, you're not very particular about your elders either, so, okay. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Uh, it's meant that it's changed ours last year. Uh, we want to tell you thank you for our family, so thank you. Thank you. With the elders, you guys have really been a blessing to me. And I always, would, before Bob Dickey passed away for long, and now I'm the elder, elder twice over. But, but the one thing I want to thank getting up here, you don't know this, but about eight years ago, we went a real financial bind for about three, took a salary increase for five to five and a half years. And I, not, I didn't hear one person. We need to give them a round of applause for that. Thank you for this year, we've had a, the best year. I've been at Christ Church for 36 years, best that we've ever had, to my knowledge. And uh, you're, you're the reason for that. Thank you coming. You want to say anything? I have notes. Those chairs, 10 high, and people like John Everson can show you where they go, and others that are around Chad. Fiscal year has been just a, a flat-out answer to prayer. Uh, agony, and, and I mean, and, and I, I hate to embarrass individuals, but I don't know any other way to do this. For, for the agony and the pain that, that Chris Ellison went through with Pam Wilson trying to just on a regular basis, cash flow basis, decide what bills to pay, what... Uh, and, and, the, and the agony these guys all went through, the fact that our missionaries, that we couldn't live up to the commitment we'd made, and that some of us on staff were, were getting our insurance, and it hurt them. Uh, I know it did. And, but I, uh, these men, uh, the reason that I'm standing here still doing what I'm doing today is because men like John and, and others said, okay, we'll take a chance on you, and and the staff that we have, they're just good people, and they just want to love Jesus. So the reason that I'm excited about number one, do not stop praying for us. Uh, we, we are in the throes of trying to find, we want to do what God wants, not what Randy wants or they want. Uh, we want of God's will, not God doing what I want him to do. But the center of his will, term out there, we covet your prayers. Please do not stop praying for us. Uh, the reason I'm excited about the each one, reach one, teach one idea that is this. There are a lot of churches in Memphis, Tennessee. It's the buckle of the Bible belt. But I know for a fact that this is a church that it's balanced in teaching the word and loving people. And here's what I challenge you to do. You begin to think about just initially, just today, one person. Marcus kind of alluded to this. One person that God put on your heart that you're really burdened for, you pray for that person. Every day, five minutes, every day, see what God will do. And in that process of prayer, ask God to give you an opportunity to share your faith with that person and maybe invite them to church with you, whether it's Bartlett, whether it's Arlington, invite them to church with you. We're not going to replace the cross with a thermometer on the wall. We've been through that. We ain't doing that again. We ain't putting up any thermometers, and we're not going to go around to notching Bibles like I invited three people this week. How many did you invite? It's between you and God, but the Great Commission has not changed. We are to reach people for Christ. So you start praying, and then let's see what God's going to do. He handled the money issue to this point. We'll see what he does going forward. Uh, we'll, 
what God wants us to do, we don't know. We are seeking his face. Okay, uh, one other logistical thing that I will deal with, and then we'll be done. Our legal name, we no longer can uh, claim that uh, name. So, Fred's. I cannot tell you how many people, and I'm sure Russ runs into this and others, are all taking over Fred's. Mary and I went out to dinner Monday, last Monday night. We, we saw a couple we have not still the Bartlett Church. We ran into him in a restaurant, and the first thing he said to me was, are y'all taking hospital? And the person that was there, I didn't know from Adam that was there. Seeing that person, I went to visit the person getting, going to have surgery, introduced me and said, this is Randy's pastor, Christ Church. She goes, y'all taking over Fred's? No. Oh. Uh, I've been in touch with our owner, our landlord, owns that building. She's answered. Fred still owes me money. I have a lease with Fred's. When they ask out of it, I will call you. And then we will talk. Praying. Praying. We don't, if you, if you ask, but we also have to be completely fair and honest with it's God's money. We spent a lot of money to transform this building into what we have now. The way it happened, it just, it was, God just opened that door. Has he opened this one? We're still in God. We don't want to put money into that if it's not God's will. We want to put it into something else. God may have us be doing, doing something else. So, of you, pray for us. So having said that, you can stand up. We're going to pray. Please, come ask. We will stay. As long as you have questions, we will stay. Let's pray. You've also reminded us very graphically in the last year, you're the God who is sovereign over everything. We've, we trust you. At times, I, I know per, on a personal level, that sin in my life of not trusting you is there. That I worry and I, and I should not. And so, Father, thank you for reminding me again that you are God and I'm not. I need to trust you. And so for our leaders, our elders, we continue to ask for wisdom to do what you want, not what we want. We are so grateful to have a church where the people love their leadership. They want your will. They pray for each other. We're not, uh, uh, we don't have agendas. We don't have turfism. We simply, God, we are grateful for the people that you allow us to lead. We ask for wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Good grief. We finished before 3 o'clock. You know what that proves? There is a God. <laughs>